Welcome friends to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with Adol. Hey! Hey! It's episode 396. Uh, let's what? open some beers. Adol, what are you going to drink this evening? I've got... Rodea! Nice. It's the standard dipper salts. Dipper, dipper everywhere, many drops to drink. It is 8%. Uh, it's vegan and it doesn't like pregnant women <laughs> was it called oh. standard dipper salts salts yeah hmm. salts okay. um, but also kick ass weird yeah. oh <laughs> was he doing Go. the doing the, the sprinkle yeah yes true right. sprinkling the salt <clears throat> or something mm-hmm this blue crocodile with sunglasses on, uh, wearing a purple shirt, and having a very attentive a cuphead-esque flower bottle. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, it's got 0.98 kilograms of CO2 per liter. Oh. That's a thing you don't... I've not really seen. No, no. You don't normally see uh, um, CO2 information. That's interesting. That should be on everything, yeah. surely. I mean... I wonder, is it, are they um, uh, a Dea like B Corp or anything like that? Have they got to start including information like that because they're registered as something or they're trying to do something potentially um, in, in, in yeah. that sort of space maybe? I don't know. Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, good. I also have a dipper. Um, I am drinking the um, Travel Rugs, which is an 8.4% dipper from Verdant and Overtone. Um very subdued kind of can mm. up. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, it does tell me it has got Motueka, Nelson Sobon, and Strata in it. But that is it. Yeah, that really is it. Um, so, two dippers for the evening. Following on from, no, Lucy didn't drink last week. It was the week before when Lucy had the, uh, the putty didn't she yes um, and last week yours was the 16 ish percent gingerbread yeah, the, beer the and... gingerbread stately the, the one that like i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie i don't remember how the last ch- third of that podcast went <laughs> <laughs> like uh, we talked about stuff right we absolutely did yeah things things and stuff that's that's stuff what we covered um yeah. Good, yes. Continuing the trend of low to no alcohol January with big boy beers. Um, and we've rolled straight into February again with um, with our standard fare. <laughs> I actually bought a Northern Monk alcohol-free beer that I was going to have okay. today. But because um, I, like, I mean, as I was saying before the podcast, I'm in a huge workload marking time. Mm. And I was like, oh, if I have a non-alcohol, I can do some work afterwards. And then just sitting there I'm like I'm so burnt from today it's like I'm not going to anyways and actually what I should do whenever we stop recording is just go straight to bed and wake up early and mm. have a mm. Friday so I'm not gonna I'll have the the zero alcohol two weeks from now because I'm gone next week you're gone next week yes yes um interesting okay I mean yeah I, I similarly it's already February so I missed uh, the January window for the non-alcoholics <laughs> but again I think it's got to a point where uh, 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 we're going to see non-alcohol beers just pushed all year round. 
now. Oh, okay. There might be a slightly bigger like advertising element to it sort of during January. Maybe even is it October as well? When there's a like a is it Stoptober? I think that was more of a smoking thing, but people don't really smoke anymore. So I think that's moved across to other, you know, substances as well. Um, so yeah, potentially around then too. But um, yeah, I think it, you, it's just going to be a mainstay Over now October. in bottle shops and sober October. Okay, good. Um, yeah, well, there we go. Um, okay. How's the day, though? Talking of alcoholic beers. Yeah, uh, on the pour, I immediately got pineapple or mango and um, a bit of citrus. Nice. And that's, oh, it's so, it's a lovely tropical, yeah, it's a like super mango um, with a slight tart nose just rounding it out mm-hmm. Ooh, i fucking love that mm, that's a very good beer they're too good aren't they really oh remember a couple years ago there was um the first disappointment yes remember, yeah right yeah and it was like oh, and like followed by lucy having a couple of them and be like something i didn't never thought i'd say this but like I can no longer expect Dead always knock it out of the park. What, whatever that like low period is, it's definitely over because the last few days I've had have just been standard knock it out of the park. Mm, mm. Uh, it, this is really nice. It's got a lovely light bitter finish, almost a little resiny. Okay. But again, I would say more of that definitely orange citrus mm. um, comes out in the taste. Um, and especially like nearing the finish, you get sort of this like sweet orange, and then that slightly res- resinous but tart, uh, sorry not tart but bitter finish. So it's mm-hmm. like a nice pairing of a slightly sweet orange with a, a more bitter um, finish. But the 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 body is still very much tropical, mm. and that sweetness um, sort of plays through the tropical into the citrus really nicely. It's really, really satisfying. And this is, last few weeks we've talked about, like, how, like, especially with things like sours and things, like, sometimes they just, they taste really good, but they don't taste like beer. Sure. And this is beer. Nice, nice. It's a beer from start to finish. It's great. Uh, it's got this lovely, um, hazed up, uh, sort of straw gold, mm. probably orangey straw gold color. Poured with minimal head, but it stuck around. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's super juicy, but it does start with that body of that mango tropical it is. Okay. Nice. Um, nice. Very good. The one problem I would say is the, the taste, the time in which the main taste is there isn't that long, and the finish is right. good, but it also doesn't... The, the, the bitterness lingers. But like the inter, the parts that like I'm like oh neat, especially like the interplay between the bitterness and the sweetness on the finish that fades to just the bitter. So I'm just gonna keep reaching for this because I want to keep taking. This is exactly the type of I, I'm gonna drink this quickly because it's making me because it's not like oh I'm dried out I feel parched. Mm. It's I want to mm. taste that taste. I really like it. I want to have that hit of the taste again, kind of as soon as possible. Even though it does have a longer finish, I'm just probably gonna. Maybe it'll saturate my palate and I won't slam back this 8% when I'm already exhausted. Um, but we'll see. Yes, just see how it goes. See how it goes. Mm. Um, having already stuck my nose into this beer, um, I think I know how this one's going to go as well. Um, 
it's lovely. It's lovely and sweet on this nose. Very similar in colour to to your beer. Maybe not quite as gold. Maybe a little bit more sort of uh, um, yellowy orange than sort of that kind of more slightly sort of bronzy kind of colour. Um, but a, a solid, solid block. There was a little bit of head when I poured, but uh, not very much. Not very much has stuck around either. Um, the nose is lovely. It's very sweet. I'm getting mostly sort of orange, but m more like orange juice than orange squash. Like a big, like full orange smell. Mm. Oh, that's a smooth beer. That's very, very smooth. Um, it is more like an edging towards that kind of slightly juicier kind of body to it and mouthfeel to it. It's very slick. It's very smooth. Goes down very, very easily. Um, getting a lot of um, interesting. Initially, getting more of those kind of sweeter fruit notes the, the first time I sipped, but the second time, getting a bit more of an earthy element to it. Maybe sort of more of a, a mango in there than I first sort of thought. But and this works very, very well. So you have this slightly more ripe mango or stone fruit kind of tropical stone fruit in there and then these sweeter notes kind of pepper themselves into it so they kind of just start to appear a little bit so a little bit of sweetness a little bit of uh, of orange sweetness maybe there's a little bit of pineapple in there as well something like that but um it's what was in there motsuweka nelson sovon and strata so interestingly it's the nelson sovon doing this then so it then kind of starts to get a little, not necessarily sour, but it's got that kind of vinous quality um, that, that that kind of that Nelson Sovon brings, but that you get with sort of you know very uh, um, uh, kind of medium-bodied wines. You know, dry wine kind of will will, will be mm. like a harsher kind of vinous sort of uh, feel to it, whereas uh, um, something that's a little bit more kind of mid will not push that as much on this and this beer does that kind of level of it so there's definitely this sort of minus slightly bittering quality that comes in towards the end um, but it's not too big it's it, it it flows very well from the flavor of the beer itself and it, it, again it's a little bit nutty towards that end so that earthiness of that sort of stone fruit at the beginning kind of merges with that fruitiness and then just sweeps into this lovely kind of bittering and, and nutty sort of finish mm, mm. it's very nice mm. I think I'm just gonna have to I, just not talk. We'll just sit here in silence mm. for sort of the next sort of forty minutes and just sup our beers because they're just just too good this week. Um, I mean, I, uh, oh, um, not unexpected from Verdant and uh, and Overtone. Um, so yeah. you know, it's you, you kind of expect quality from Verdant. You expect quality from Overtone. So them coming together normally um, brings up yeah. a very very good beer. And this is neither this of them is are one. as common up here, unfortunately. So because the mm. way you described it, I was like, um, maybe I'll just try and track this down. But yeah, you know. Easier done than said. I can never remember where, where Overtone are. Where are they mm. located? A quick Google. Um, but. Well, they should be then. 
Overturn Brewing. Oh, like Glasgow. Overturn yeah, Glasgow. Sorry, I said it quickly, maybe. No, oh, sorry. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're more in the middle of the two than kind of I am, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it's probably just like the, um, yeah, the, the, the places in town might not, you know, they're distributors or whatever. They only stick to the west of the, the countries. Uh, they don't come mm. over to the east at all. They just sweep up the coast past Wales and they're straight straight there into into Glasgow. Um, let's enjoy these then. And as yeah. with our format for 2024, we'll jump into some news to start off with. Um, yeah. We um, have briefly spoken about um, a trailer from the PlayStation State of Play from last night. Um, we, which one were we talking about? Stellar Blade. Yeah. Um, sounds like a 80s singer, but... Um... Stellar Blade. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... This is the one that jumped out at you, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked the State of Play. A lot of it was good... Um, I think they put their time where they should do, um, but I hadn't really seen much about Stellar Blade. I think there was some chatter about it on Twitter, maybe a couple of months ago, perhaps towards the end of last year, but nothing that I made me actually have a look at it. And from the kind of extended trailer that they had, it was about six, five or six minute kind of. Um, look at the game where they they dove into sort of a few little story bits, what the game was kind of like, and then had a you know a, a supercut kind of trailer on the end of that as well. And mm. I think it just looks like that kind of early platinum games level of crazy. You know, it's got yeah. that kind of kind of bayonet and movement to it. It's got that kind of like vanquish sort of vibe to it. It's maybe not quite. Uh, where where platinum have kind of moved in with um with near uh, mm. or near automata and um i think it's probably not similar to kind of you know yeah platinum's sort of um uh newer kind of output but it's got that kind of just very cool at least to me very cool japanese vibe to it yes uh, and it's very reminiscent of all of those kinds of you know, early PlayStation kind of one, two, and, and three games that you just didn't get on any other consoles. Um, because yeah, that's very they, true. They I needed that hardware. Um, I say, you, you, you know, a lot of those were only on PlayStation because you needed the level of hardware that PlayStation gave you, but also it's a Japanese, you know, product. So they were going to have those kinds of developers producing games for it. Yeah, so I um I just did, so it's made by Shift Up, mm. who's Korean, right? Oh, okay. Uh, and okay. then in twenty twenty, they announced the game in, as their first project. Wow. Okay. And then in twenty twenty one, Sony Interactive Entertainment bought the marketing rights for the game and announced it it that they would be the publisher in twenty twenty two. Right. Um. Yeah, so so having said that, the the guys who founded it um, worked on a game called Magna Carta, uh, the series, and Blade and Souls I've heard of, but like, yeah, um, and then uh, and then Project Eve was the name of 
the original game that was supposed to be a PS4 game and come out with the X for the Xbox as well. Oh. And Sony publishing, and it became um, not sure. <laughs> Sony exclusive. And then um, the final game, Stellar Blade, PS5. So that mm-hmm. should be mm, interesting, just because what I'm, get- I'm guessing then it won't do crazy things like Ratchet and Clank did, where like you need the 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 interesting new stuff versus just be really pretty right sure yeah yeah but again i guess not not the type of game it never struck me from the trailer or whatever you call that the city play six man thing it didn't strike me they were doing like bonkers things with respect to what games can do so much as like you said be sort of a japanese style bonkers game mm, mm. where uh like the premise is something like you're part of some flight squadron and you're going to a society that's under the wasteland and you're going to go up to the wasteland and fight monsters and old robots. Man, um, as with so many of these games. Yeah. The, 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 and I mean, it always kind of pulls me in because it is just so insane. Yeah. And it's just uh, that kind of, I don't know where else you experience that kind of just absolutely inane, bonkers type of storytelling that can be really hard to follow that just introduces mm-hmm. just a multitude of characters who you see for you know 30 seconds make a big deal out of characters and you never see them again you know just it's so over the top um and again yeah. it's the same as you know those those kinds of like stuff like gravity rush and things you know games i really really like um for just how absurd they actually are yeah I think so on the fandom uh, page for this, I just got a. Um, so the description of Sarah Blade is like, oh, here's the gameplay. And it's like, the game is divided into combat exploration, blah, blah, blah. Um, Eve is capable of traversing and investigating landscape through scaling walls, sliding, and climbing through ropes. The game also includes some role playing elements. Semicolon. Eve acquires beta gauge through perfecting actions in combat segments, which can then be spent on new abilities or utilize them for a burst gauge. That's what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Like, this isn't supposed to be a, gen- a generic description of the of the combat. And it's like, oh yes, beta gauge. Not defined. Not explained. Just beta gauge. But also, you don't have to use beta gauge. You could for for unlocking things. You could always save it up for burst gauge. I'm like, yep. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Um, just uh, I, I I look forward to just ridiculous systems, ridiculous systems that I'm far too old to master these days, and wow. can and just will play on the lowest available difficulty, um, just to be able to experience the game rather than I'm bashing my head constantly. Uh, yeah. I and mean, also, I don't suspect it's going to be the short, right? Mm, mm. I mean, and... it would be be nice if it's like you know in the teens early 20s in terms of sort of hours that you know that that could be fine you know 16 16 hours is good um especially for an action game rather than you know okay it might sort of lean more into those kind of uh, um east asian sort of um i suppose stylings for for an action game which kind of pull rpg elements into them and stuff like that but yeah i don't know it would be nice if it's not absolutely massive yeah, I mean, that's fine. I would like that too, I think. Of course, mm. there's a... God damn it, I hate Reddit. So I just was like, oh, was, basically I was hoping like maybe they said something in an interview. Instead, when I looked up uh, Stellar Blade length, they got a Reddit post of, the more I watch the videos that we have, the more I feel like Stellar Blade might be in the realm of a 16 to 20 hour game 
if you consider that I've counted 12 unique locations, including the implication that areas may, may be explorable, and one location we haven't seen much of seems to be in the daytime. Yeah, you've counted 12 locations in the trailer and the couple trailers, so that must mean that you know it's a 16-hour game. Yeah. What a... Amazing. <laughs> I mean, fine, if he's if, if they're correct. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I hope they're right. That's exactly what it would be nice. Exactly what you said. I agreed with, but also, that's not how this works. No, no, not generally. Um, cool. Um, so we were going to run through um, a little bit more of the of the. Yeah, so on the state of play, um, obviously Dave the Diver is coming, and that mm. that's a game I've been I I bought actually on the Boxing Day sale and just oh, nice. haven't got around to uh, on Steam. Um, did Death Stranding two? You liked Death Stranding one, right? Yeah, I really so, like Death Stranding. Yeah. Yeah. So did the did the, what they covered for two sort of jump out at you? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it did. Um, I mean, again, if people don't like Death Stranding, I don't imagine they're going to want to play the second one. Um, it is a very specific kind of game. You know, it's not full of action. It's it's much more subdued in terms of what you're doing. It is like a walking simulator with puzzle elements, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, a little bit of combat here and there. But it's mostly a, a kind of a, an odd delivery mechanism for, again, an absolutely bonkers story that makes, yeah. you know, one bit of sense and then 10 minutes of just fucking insanity. Um, but um, it showed off sort of new characters. Um, some characters are back from the previous game. Um, new looks to these characters and and kind of evolving through the story um, with their sort of appearance and some cool like robots that appeared as well. Um, there's, a, there's a moment where um, Sam is talking to Higgs, which is one of the bad guys from the first game, and mm. uh, who has a guitar that shoots lightning now because of course because uh, Troy, Troy Baker plays guitar, so of course his character within Death Stranding has a guitar axe lightning fucking weapon um but he starts fighting some samurai robots i'm like this just looks fucking cool like i don't need a game just give me this just give me an hour show and a weekly episodic show that it's just this fucking right. level of insanity um but it's 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 the kind of the quiet moments in death stranding which which really work uh when you're actually uh walking across the landscape and again there's lots of big, lovely landscape shots with Sam just kind of walking through them in this. So I would imagine it's going to be more of the same um, with the um, with the game. But yeah, very, very happy that uh, another one is coming. Um, hmm. I've always thought Death Stranding was going to be like a one and done thing um, until kind of, you know, murmurings like last year, maybe the year before, when I think Norman Reedus kind of dropped that he was doing some more stuff with Kojima that was um, Death Stranding sort of, um, mm. you know, related. So, um, yeah, I'm happy. It, it looks it looks good. It looks fucking fantastic as a as a product. Um, visually, just absolutely stunning. Yeah, great. Um, maybe I'll finally track... Well, now it's no longer on any... Um, I'd have to pay for it to play the original, I think. You might do. I wonder if it's come out, you know, you, you go back to your, like, epic games library or something and you potentially got it free at some point right. during yeah, a true. you know a holiday sale or when they do their sort of free games every week across the winter sort of breaks and stuff like that so it's been free on a you know variety of different things 
Um, so you might find it somewhere in a library. That's true. Um, so, or I've lost my list. Where's my list? Ah. And then apparently Kojima's making uh, something that quote-unquote blurs the lines between um, video games and film. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, he's been sort of saying that and trying to do this kind of uh, um, hybrid kind of thing for, for ages or wanting ages. to do this hybrid kind of thing for ages. I know he's making this... I can't remember what it's called. He's making a, a game for Xbox, isn't he, with Jordan Peele? Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, which is, I think, much more in the horror genre. Um, ah, what fuck was that called? I don't remember. But they, you know, Herman Holst, who kind of introduced Kojima, made a point about sort of, you know, he's coming back to his kind of action espionage roots. Yeah. So. Whether it, and you know it's he worked on Metal Gear for however many years, so leaning back into that kind of makes sense for PlayStation, especially. Um, you know, uh, absolutely bring a kind of a horror game with some big names attached over to over to Xbox. I think that that's a really good place for it to be, um, yeah, especially through other games that are on your list. PlayStation are working with Konami, um, you know, on Silent Hill. Um, game or well, not working with but it seems that there's that partnership between konami and, and playstation on the new sort of silent hill 2 remake and the game that came out today as well i think uh the silent hill um sh- something short something i think um whatever the other one's called the other silent hill game short message yes thank you um so uh, uh yeah um makes sense again for for kojima to lean back into those kinds of games but you know, the message was very much like, this ain't coming out. We're not starting this until Death Stranding 2 is done. It's, yeah. So it's, you know, it's going to be the same team, I would think, doing Death Stranding that will move across to, to, to this game. So it might be a little bit of pre-production or something like that, but you know, nothing, nothing massive. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're a reasonable Team Ninja fan, aren't you? Or you were at one point? Yes. So the Rise of the Ronin... Yeah, Rise of Ronin is an interesting looking game. It's kind of not... I don't know where it fits for PlayStation. It's kind of a bit... Um, Ghost of Tsushima in its um, kind of sword play... Um, are you are you watching the trailer now? I can hear, I can just hear it in the background here. Um, no, 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 not at all. Um, yeah, it's, it, it kind of looks a little bit like Ghost of Tsushima. It's set in a slightly more modern-day setting, so um, maybe turn of the century um, mm-hmm. or, or, or just before, sort of 10, 20 years beforehand. Um, yeah, yeah, muskets. There's these muskets. Uh, the kind of uh, people from the US are already kind of over there, and they've already brought their sort of, you know, that, that, that period of time where japan lost a bunch of its kind of culture through adopting lots of western kind of ideals mm. and, and stuff like that so it's an interesting time period very much but then the ronin character has a wingsuit and it kind of feels a bit more not necessarily assassin's creed but kind of more maybe towards like sekiro something like that where you have the chains be able to pull you kind of around and there's that mm. slightly more verticality to movement um, around the spaces and things like that so I mean, you know that's what people buy oh very much very much yeah um, i mean I think... i'm not saying that, i'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek because i think that's 
is a thing that is marked as a trend and it doesn't necessarily need to be that so a lot more games are doing that like oh yeah the nda is long over and we i don't think we ever touched on this but the fucking suicide squad alpha that we both played mm. and it was like oh the entire premise of that alpha was like this game is about having a one of five characters all which have an excuse to do vertical like movements through because spider-man sold and da 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 it's like Yes, it's fun, <laughs> but also not every game has to do this. And like, I can see why, like, jumping around on rooftops is cool, but wing so suiting around, um, yeah, I don't know. It just, the brief looks I looked at it like, oh, this looks polished. Mm. And if the gameplay is great, it doesn't matter if I kind of don't care. But like, yeah, I, I, that's a game where if the, um, if the writing and the setting, if people are reporting, oh, this is really cool, there's a neat story, blah, blah, blah. Or even if it's just like the setting is doing a lot of work and the story is kind of hack, that's fine too. But like, otherwise it's those types of, like the visuals are neat. And like some of the sword combat might be, like you said, there's Sekiro, there's um, Ghost of Tsushima. Like there's enough games that style of combat that that alone wouldn't sell me even though i trust team ninja for doing a good job right yeah so yeah. i would need like the game game to be good absolutely i, I completely agree and you sort of say you know I, i'm a, a team ninja sort of fan i haven't actually played any of their more modern games you know i played a That's lot of ninja, sort of played a lot of ninja gaiden um because yeah, i but... realized like it's Nine years ago when the podcast started, we talked about Teen Ninja a couple times, right? Like, but <laughs> since then. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know. But, like, um, Neo, um, I played a, a, a touch of. Um, mm. Wo, Wo Long, was that the game that came out last year? Um, they did the, the Final Fantasy game. The, the, oh, the, right, yeah. the really recent Final Fantasy kind of action game, which is a remake of the first but not use the same characters. I don't even know. Strangers of something, I think. Um, yes. Stranger Things, the Final Fantasy story. Yes. Oh, uh, Par Strangers of Paradise. I think that's yeah. what it's called. Um, so, see. yeah, I haven't played a lot of their more modern games. So I don't have anything to compare Rise of Ronin to in terms of, mm -hmm. of like feel of the game. Um, I think I played like the Neo 2 demo um, two, three, four years ago now, perhaps um mm. so yeah uh, um it's a little bit kind of unknown still let's say but the, the trailer looked good yeah. um i mean i guess if i'm gonna go through the list is short enough might as well hit every part just if people didn't want to watch until dawn has a tiny yeah re remaster yeah it's a good game but it's like i don't think it was sufficiently unpretty that you need to get the ps5 version <laughs> no i i wonder if um is this more because it's coming out on pc as well so yeah so that's probably the mm. so that's the thing where i might end up if once it comes on sale be, just because i have a ps4 somewhere i mean i haven't turned it on in a year actually i think i mm. think i turned it on when i first plugged it in when i moved here to make sure it worked yeah. <laughs> and then just let it sit yep yeah should really have sold it then no one wants a ps4 now i donated it, i guess um so I played uh, Dragon's Dogma 2. I played a little bit of Dragon's Dogma 1 and really liked it. I really liked the mechanics and the flow of that game. I just didn't quite get gripped by the plot early on, which from according to a lot of people, it really gets good. Mm. But 
I have also paid no attention to any of the information on two. You must you watch the whole thing. So like did that? Did it, it, so it hasn't. Dragon's Dogma hasn't ever kind of grabbed me. You know, I, again, I like a fantasy epic. Um, mm. I don't know what it is about Dragon's Dogma that just hasn't sort of sunk its claws in. Um, it, it it looks it looks very Monster Hunter. Um, I don't know whether it's the same engine, but um, you know that kind of obviously big monsters fighting big monsters and that sort of stuff mm. kind of evokes that. It's it, it's Capcom as well, so it could very much be baked into the same um, either engine or shared kind of elements of of, of kind of how they're built. Um, but again, Monster Hunter has never been a game to, to to grab it. I don't know whether it's just um, I guess because I was a bigger MMO kind of player years ago now, um, I've never kind of chased that kind of experience. I suppose you know when we've when we wanted to, we've played like Final Fantasy fourteen and, and things like that instead. Yeah. Um, but you know, I and I think with something like Dragon's Dogma two, unless it's free on a service, I'm probably not right. going to, to to play it. I do have. Um, access to Dragon's Dogma because um, I think that game went through a bit of a refresh um, I think the game released and people didn't like it very much and they worked oh, really? on it and patched it and changed things about about it and it came out as like Dragon's Dogma with a with a subtitle potentially um, again this is years ago now this must be like 10 odd years ago or something like that um, but yeah it's just never really uh, um, kind of Never appealed to me very much, and I think um, it, is, it is free on PlayStation Plus. I think I could go and play mm. Dragon's Dogma, um, you know, today. But I just I don't have any want to really. Um, so yeah, Dragon's Dogma Two doesn't really do much for me at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, apparently, I've lost the spot where I was reading. Uh, they were. Um, uh, why have I lost the? Uh, yeah, so so the big thing about Dragon's Dogma is this: like you have NPCs in your party who stay NPCs, and they yes. you like give them kind of modes of command, so like help, uh, attack, blah mm -hmm. blah, all these things, and then they will they completely do their thing. They're called pawns, and so that's that's still part of Dragon's Dogma too. I uh, but apparently wherever I lost this, I should just use search. Um, apparently, there's something about. Grand Theft Auto um, 2 inspired oh. gameplay. Or sorry, Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, so they've given more f um, dialogue for the pawns and they were inspired by GTA 5 while creating the world to get emergent gameplay. So it sounds like oh, they... Okay. That That's the thing that, like... I mean, the problem is GTA 5 doesn't have an exceptionally larger, interesting, emergent gameplay compared to 4 San Andreas, really. Um, but that does make me pause. Yeah. Um, if the world is interesting, um, that'd be cool. Mm, absolutely. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I played a little bit about because I think I, it was like on Games Pass or something. Uh, and it was like, oh, this is neat. Yeah, same it, reason it, I didn't yeah. ever really finish either <laughs> Divinity, Original Sin, or Original mm. Sin Two. Okay, had access to them at some point. And again, a big part is from the majority of the time this podcast been around, I've not really been able. I've you know from PhD guilt and just being mm. busy and stuff like the the giant the the 
bread and butter of what I used to love about video games were these giant epic RPGs. Just like I don't, I don't, I just haven't made the time or had the time sure. or wanted to invest the time. Any combination of those, and this is just like I mean, I mean you, Lauren, and um, Lucy are, are still angry at me for never doing The Witcher Three, right? Like, <laughs> so good, best best I, game, I'm, best game. Yeah, um, maybe twenty twenty four will be the year of The Witcher Three. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, um, they're, they're, speaking uh, remasters is as a, is a, is a very slight oh, aside um, a little bit of uh, related news um, they are just about to start releasing I think in March they're doing a, a short five series comic run um, of The Witcher but a direct sequel to The Witcher 3 so where The Witcher 3 left off this game kind of uh, this uh, comic picks back up so it's interesting and it's 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 done in conjunction with cd project red um and, and stuff so it, it's an actual extra kind of element to you know to the witcher 3 sort of story um which i think is a very for them to have or for cd project Red to be like yeah the witcher stuff that's coming later on is not going to be Geralt. it's going to be something else you know we're going to tell different stories and that sort of stuff so to actually give people just this little extra it's quite good I, I i like it i like the idea of kind of yeah. experiencing a little bit more story or, or or kind of delving back in but in a slightly different kind of medium not needing again 80 hours to go through the next say, set of stuff like i think that's that's like for people who have the itch to see these char characters again that's the best like do it in a different medium mm. and like let the world grow and not be tethered to someone whose story is mostly told or like you know like this is actually weirdly like if uh tears of the frozen kingdom or whatever it was called um tears of the kingdom right um wasn't a, i mean this is impossible because of the premise of the franchise but actually by staying in breath of the wild's world but being stuck with link it mm -hmm. felt like dlc and it felt like because the, there was a decent story i mean and, yeah. and there was emergent like this was like more emergent gameplay with some hand waving notion of why <laughs> Link needs to do shit again, right? Like, um, but actually, I liked that world, and although it makes no sense for a Zelda game, that's the kind of thing that'd be neat. Is if you if you like parallel shifted to a different character with that world that everyone fell in love with, and then yep. then you can do still that character could come into new things, and that's where the new mechanics come from, right? But you aren't sort of tethered storytelling wise to the boundaries of that character and like that's a lot of times where sequels get kind of eh, because it's Very like much. either like then spider-man has to get uh hit by a gamma bomb so he can be hulk spider-man so that he, there's new gameplay elements right like that kind of crap ends up happening where there's either like no reason or no innovation right mm, like, mm. Some, like ham fisted thing anyway i was just thinking like a, a neat world that has like tropes and um development that you can go deeper in the lore without having like the main character have to be like and now i'm gonna do a historical deep dive yeah very yeah 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 <laughs> um but yeah i was gonna say uh there's a remaster of sonic generations with new content featuring shadow the head hedgehog mm. it's sonic's cross shadow generations yeah yeah <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just reading the thing. I mean, it's, it's expecting nothing from you outside of uh, what you did was like yes, that is a thing I watched. Yeah, it, it's it's it does seem ridiculous that 
we're recycling recycled Sonic games at the moment. Yeah. I mean, did you ever play Generations? No, no. Um, I, I assumed again it is a reworking of the two. You know, a cross between you. You've got the two D Sonic, you've got the three D Sonic, yeah. and it's just more of that. Um, what was the one yeah. that came out? Sonic Mania. Was that the one that kind of rehashed a load of like levels from one, two, and three, um, and kind of gave them a, a bit of a um you know a, a, a graphical kind of boost and, and stuff like that that came out uh, yeah four or five it, years ago ish uh, yeah how does time work 2017 oh wow really okay okay um but you might be thinking so that was the like 25th anniversary timed re-release right sort of homage thing uh, but then we had the um, the the Sonic game that actually felt like old school Sonic that was made by fans that then became a studio that then became an official Sonic game. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, no. <laughs> no. Uh, games. Let me just quickly look at the list games. of Sonic games. All Sonic uh, games. Thousands of them. Uh, it's the... What am I thinking of? Or was it Mania? Sonic no. Mania. When did that come out? I mean, it is 2017. It uh, is 2017. That part I got right. I just can't... Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. It's the same one. I just... I can't okay. confuse it. Yeah, because it was... It's the development team is composed of members known for their work in the fan game and ROM hacking community. Oh. And then they, they made... Uh, a playable prototype and that was get shown to the Sonic team producer and then they just got um like hired absorbed yeah yeah because uh yeah so Christian Taxman Whitehead um made an engine called the Retro Engine uh and it uh he aimed for somewhere between the Genesis and the Saturn okay quality wise and then that's what mania all of the mania parts were put on the mm. yeah mm. Um, but yeah, so Sonic Generations is not that. That comes from six years previously, and mm. it's a 3DS game, essentially. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, P PS3, Xbox 360 mm. thing. Uh, and now it's going to come out for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, Switch, and Windows. And it has a Shadow the Hedgehog campaign, I guess. Yeah, some extra bits. Mm. Cool. So one of the ones I actually wanted to ask about because I didn't get to look at the trailer because um, uh, is Judas. Okay. Which is the Ken Levine game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's very Bioshock. Like, not... not Okay, that's wrong. It's not very Bioshock. It's quite... Um, I, I think it's almost um, Outer Wilds... Mm. kind of adjacent so how the outer wilds is to fallout i think judas would be to bioshock like it's it's the mm -hmm. same it's the same game with slightly different elements and a bit of a different color palette 
to it. Um, Judas, mean- again, is first person. It's shooty shoots. It's powers. It's kind of not uh, not like leaning back into that 50s automata kind of vibe, but it's got a bit of that to it. Um, you know, it's it's in a space station, I think, this time. Sure, fine, but again, mm. it's in a space station. You can still just put on whatever tone and aesthetic that Ken Levine really yeah. likes. Um, so, yeah, I, again, it's not one that did very much for me. Uh, um, I think you mean Outer Worlds, not Wilds. Oh, yes, sorry. Yes, you're absolutely right. You yeah. threw me off, and I was like, wait, Outer Wilds? Yeah, like, wild, I mean, like- yeah Wilds is the time travel one, isn't it? And Worlds is the Fallout The game. little yeah. gravity looper is what yes. I call it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted to hear. Someone who's played and enjoyed the Bioshock games and says, yeah, or woo. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rising. Oh, V Rising. Yeah, I, I, I really like V Rising. I've got it on, I've got it on Steam. Um, it, I think, is a game which is much better as a multiplayer game. Um which I assume it will happen on PlayStation as well. Um, but as a single-player experience, I didn't really like it a huge amount. Played a little mm. bit with my brother, and it's a much better experience playing with someone else as well. Uh, but it is a vampire, um, almost like uh, survival. It's a survival game, basically. Yeah, I was going to say, so what I was curious about it is it's like it feels, it looks like a, like a Diablo-like survival game. And so like how, so you've played it. I didn't realize that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we probably talked about it in the past, but um, it's all a blur. Um, how deep are the survival parts? Um, oh, God. When did I play it? A couple of years ago? Let's try and think back. Um, how deep are the survival parts? So you um, you have to go out and like drain people. Um, you need blood. Um, you can't go out during the day. There is a a, a, a cycle. Um, it has base building elements, so you can build a, your, your base, your castle, your kind of dungeon, whatever you want to, to hang out in during the day. There's crafting elements to it. Um, but you do... Uh, um, how does it work exactly? I think you sleep and it slows down the need for blood. So if you're going to leave the game, you put your character like in a bed basically and that slows down how much blood so you can go away for like 12 hours and you're absolutely fine your character's not going to be depleted or, or whatever kind of thing um, i would imagine by the time i go back onto it now my character is very very dead um so but like dead or dead yeah dead 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 dead, dead. he's already dead but he's very dead now um so um yeah it, it was i i liked it as a single player game in the first couple of hours until the open world asked a little bit too much of me um, that mm. just becomes much nicer much better when you're playing with somebody else you know there was animal or, or animals that i had to track which just didn't appear where they suggested they were going to like all sorts of stuff that kind of and i didn't delve too much into the nuance of why you know what i'm looking for wasn't there you know was it the time of day was it other factors that kind of didn't didn't lead to it appearing um but um yeah, it, it's one that I turned off from very, very quickly um, because I just didn't want to play it as a single-player experience. Fair enough, yeah. Um, it's good to know. Uh, I, 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 like this. I didn't quite 
I, it passed me by, I guess. Like I, or when, when I think it passed a lot of people by. I don't think yeah. it, it it came out to you know much fanfare at all when it did. And mm. again, this must be two, three years ago now. Uh, twenty twenty two, yeah, early twenty two, mm. twenty two on early access and PC. So I'm guessing you probably had a code and it's long enough ago that I didn't. Oh uh, no, I think I bought yeah, it. Well. I think I bought it in a sale. Yeah. Okay, so it must have been like a year and a half ago, probably. Came out mm. of early access, bought it, something like that. Um, Zenless Zone Zero is in development, and it's another Genshin Impact studio. Genshin Impact. Fuck knows the what that is. The second one is on a, some sort of sci-fi train. <laughs> I, is, yeah, there's I some shooty it's... bits. There's some fighty bits. Yeah. Sure, it's like Genshin Impact, but uh, uh, sci-fi. Yeah. I mean, I think they've they have a good strategy. I know some people who really liked the first chunk of Train Game. Yeah, the the second one, which I didn't. I only I think it was Christmas time where I I learned that there was a second Genshin Impact. I liked the first like ten fifteen hours of Genshin Impact, and mm. I had a. I think I just once I stopped playing, it was like, oh, this is this is a dopamine game because like none none of the characters or none of the things really hooked me such that once I like stepped away, I was like, oh man, I want to learn the story of what impacted the Genshin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I at least like... with this one, you'll know mm. that there's no Zen. Mm. And there well, are, we know there's a zero a, 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 zone. We know there's a zone with no Zen. Yeah, that's yes. Okay. There could be zones with Zen. But is it the first one? Hmm? Is it like is it is it the you know is is this zone? I just just fuck knows. Zed Zed. They want well, to call the game Zed Zed Zed. Zenless zone zero, but there could be Zenless zone one. Yeah. Zenless yeah. zone two. But there could also be Zen full zones. Yes, exactly. My point, exactly. Right? I think they just wanted to call fact, the game. Arguably, if there were no Zen full zones or Zen light zones, then there's no point in calling a zone Zenless. That's true. Everywhere is Zenless. That's very true. Don't you love hanging out with a logician? <laughs> right. I think we've. That's almost everything, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Metro Awakening, VR game. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're doing something with Metro. Um, it um, looks it looks much more Metro than Exodus did. Um, mm. You know everything that was shown for for Awakening was in the Metro, at least mm. uh, and underground and stuff like that. Um, so there was a yeah, there was another VR game called Legendary Tales. That looks great. Item. Yeah, yeah, that looks um, great. You can grab a skeleton by the head and bash the shit out of it. That's great. Uh, the the last game I, well, I mean we're gonna skip. Oops, we're gonna skip Foam Stars because no one cares. But Hell Divers Two, we we. Played Helldivers one, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, you. Yeah, you, so I, and with Alex, um, we played a, a, a good amount of, of Helldivers. Helldivers yeah. two is, it's um as, and I, I don't know whether you ever played Risk of Rain two. Um, Sorry. Did you ever play Risk of Rain two? I did. Yeah. Because Risk I, know, of, I remember talking to you about it, talking on this podcast where it's like this is such a departure from the first one. Yeah, and I think Helldivers two is now a third person shooting game yeah. rather than an isometric kind of strategy game i imagine there's still strategy elements to helldivers 2 but that change in perspective i i don't know whether again is it made for more modern audiences for growing audiences are isometric games selling less than third person games I mean, you know is that a market shift that they decided to change this did they just want to make it a slightly different game potentially um but uh, it looks cool but again hmm. unless uh, unless I had a dedicated group of people who wanted to play that game, 
and we were going to sit down you know not even uh, you know every day but uh, uh, you know an evening of a week to play Helldivers mm. together I'm probably never going to play Helldivers 2 which is fine yeah that's yeah that's kind of the it reminds me of oh what is that persistent um shooter from like 2015 2016 maybe has a p in the name starts with a p but it was like uh, one of the first consistent like MOO style worlds, but was a shooter. Anyway, it, it okay. just reminds me of that sort of like the combat looks generic. Sure. And the yeah, world yeah. has some neat alieny things, but like there yeah. are games. Yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 basically the list. So, but so you said that the. Um, the you you were impressed by the state of play so just as a quick roundup like so obviously stellar blades your top pack but what else is he, are you like so is I, there anything like you're super excited about or are you just more excited like these are all a decent set of quality games that seems like sony's in the right direction i think i think it's it's, it's kind of both right so we um we've got final fantasy 7 rebirth coming next month there's another state of play next week i think uh, which is going to give more information or you know basically be that centered uh, essentially um, but mm. you know opening up with with hell divers going straight into sort of stellar blade and ending on kind of death stranding with all of these um sort of third party games um rise of the ronin's not kind of third party is it um it's playstation published um but um i think it's just a a, a night it's a broad range of games it, mm. So it's just kind of like, cool, we're not just focusing on you know, very specific kind of partnerships. We're not just showing you, okay, we did a little bit of Foam Stars and that is coming to PlayStation Plus, but this isn't like all Ubisoft games. This isn't all you know Konami games. It is a, a nice broad range of, uh, of stuff coming out with a little bit of focus on the bigger titles, you know, the ones that they know are, go, are, are slightly more system celery, um, that they want to push that, that little bit more. Um, so yeah, I think it was just it was quite concise. It was like forty minutes, something like that. Um, mm. You know, nothing really overstayed its welcome in terms of the games. Um, stuff like Dave the Diver, which has been out and is now coming to PlayStation. You know, you had thirty seconds of that to say that it was coming to PlayStation. Now, it was a big hit last year on on PC, so mm -hmm. lots of people know what it is. I, I think it's more of a vehicle to say there's some Godzilla shit coming, um, really, rather than sort of you know anything more than this the game's coming to, to playstation which could be a set of tweets um realistically um but yeah i think it's just a a, a broad range of games shows what's coming to to, to playstation and obviously to, to other stuff as well for some of these titles um but uh yeah uh stellar blade and death strand 2 were the kind of the, the big picks and good to see you know more good to see more of death stranding 2 but also good to just see something of Stellar Blade because it was completely off my radar before I started the, the state of play. Hmm. Yeah, good. Um, especially as, as someone who's just got a PS5, um, it's good to, to... It must feel nice to know that, like, you did the investment. Obviously, it's for generally your, like, PlayStation games and mm. you have PS Plus, so this whole library of games, but also uh, that, like, the company is still heading in a direction that like interests you um, very much very very much and um as a as a i suppose as a, a small kind of snack 
before any of these things come out. Um, another bit of news which came out today, I think, uh, was that Spider-Man 2 is getting a, a few-hour trial through the, the PS Plus um, right. trials um, yeah, element, right. which is great because I can play a little bit of that. I can, As I did with Ragnarok, I can start it and come back to it at some point whenever I, I pick that game up. Again, Spider-Man 2 is one of those games that I do absolutely want to play at some point. Um, but um, more excitingly, um, Alan Wake 2 has also got a trial on PlayStation Plus. Um, so I'm going to, over the weekend, potentially be playing sort of three-ish hours of Alan Wake 2 as well. That's which I, I know, you know, it topped plenty of Game of the Year lists last year. It's it's one of the biggest kind of releases from, from last year. So to get to play kind of an extended demo of it um, is great because I everything I saw of Alan Wake 2 and having played Alan Wake for a little um, I wasn't really that interested in it. You know, I, I really like Remedy. I loved Control, so mm -hmm. it's it's great to be able to be able to, you know play so this you never sort of short experience. No, no, not at all. I've played me neither. A few hours of Alan Wake. A few a couple of times. I, I think I played it, um, you know, uh, years ago on PC, um, and then I've played it on PlayStation as well because um, it came to PS Plus last year, maybe. Um, so I tried it again, and I think I lasted even less time playing it again than I did the first time I, I played it. Um, right. So, um, yeah, it'd be good to see how Remedy have changed Alan Wake um, after, you know, how successful Control was, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, be, it, it's, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, one final piece right. of news. Yeah. Um, which you um, raised oh. on the Discord. Yeah. Uh, yes. The modern capitalist hellscape that we live in is <laughs> has jumped its own shark because a thing that I would literally a thousand percent say that's a hard drive um, headline and it's a bad one because it's too over the top. And <laughs> so. A game was announced their global release date on uh, Twitter. I love the name of this game. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, in, I need you to be clear, folks. I'm not saying, I'm saying on the same tweet, they announced when that the global version is dying. So the launch and cancellation of the global version of this game were happened simultaneously in the same quick tweet. The game is Long Live School Idol Festival 2 Miracle Live. <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to read the tweet, right? Global launch notice. We are excited to break the news to you that the global version of Love Live School Idol Festival 2 Miracle Live is launching soon in February 2024. However, we also want to inform you that the global version will close its doors on May 31st. 2024 and cease in-app purchases accordingly. We appreciate the love and support you've shown, and we're committed to making these last few months an unforgettable moment. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Support! It's not out! It's outside of Japan! What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, I think it's more like, that is insane in and of itself. But what I think is also insane is that the international version is going to 
have a store. Oh, so so a couple. So just to be clear, um, it's it's actually just it's it's comically poorly written in the sense of the global version is launching fe- sometime in February. Yep. And then they say we're the global version will close its door on May thirty first. The reason why they're saying we appreciate the love and support is because the Japanese version is also closing its doors on March thirty first. Yes. Yes. Like there is a semblance of thank you for supporting us because we are. We're just fading away entirely, but it just reads as it's not even out. But I'm going to thank you for the months of support. I mean, months. It, <laughs> you're you're defining it at maximal two months. But yes, how? Yeah. So obviously, the the, the like why this started with me taking a jab at capitalism is you you are keeping the app store purchases in your game. You're launching it for two months. Yeah, yeah. And we know most people don't go to their mobile games Twitter presence to have a clue that when it's closing, because I've just seen it. It's a brand new game. It's a brand new listing on my non-Japanese app store. Oh, we like this. I'm going to dump some money in because these games I like poke at for months on end. Yes, yes. And I'll, I'll come back to it, you know, every month for the next 18 months. You won't. The next three months is also a lie. Like, like that's how dumb this is. <laughs> so they said in February, so we should actually look up whether it's out now. But if it's not, then it's literally not two months. Was it February to May? Mar- May 31st. I think I said March by accident. But yeah, May 31st. So it's like... Mm. So you get uh, maybe three and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. And again, the, the key here is May 31st, 2024 the whole game shuts down and like there's a whole conversation on what does it mean for having games that cannot be played outside of their online services mm. but yeah the the audacity of launching it on in sometime in february when end of may is, it's going to be gone and charging people accordingly yeah corporations have to corporate you know um it, it, it does seem crazy I, it would be interesting to see if there is a big banner as soon as this game releases or you know once it releases globally and then it's added to the the japanese version you go to the in-game store and it very much comes up saying this game will shut down in mm. three months time you know any purchases you make are final and you cannot get any of your money back um, that's you know, not how this works. Yeah. I mean, it's not, but it absolutely should be. There should be some consumer protections that uh, 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 should exist, basically, to tell people about this in a very loud way, rather than well, yeah, the game's not going to be here anymore. And it's, it's it's coming, but it's not here no more. But spend all the money, please. Spend all of your money. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like I get so one. Obviously, there's like some serious budget problems going on. Mm-hmm. If, otherwise, if it was going to be a positive thing in the books, you just run it for at least absolutely. Six yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's the audacity to follow through with the global launch because obviously some people were complaining. Well, you they should strip the microtransactions out. It's like no, that that's dev time. I get that they can't do that, but the, the answer is cancel the. Launch. absolutely yeah, yeah right how many units yeah. do they think they're actually going to sell well think so i actually think they'll probably make money on this 
right? Because, like I said, you hit the App Store, you 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 have the new game Spike. There's already some people in Japan who like it. There are people who've been waiting for it to be not on Japanese stores. Some of those people won't know that it's getting canceled, right? Yeah, absolutely. But also, like people, mobile games. What is it? I can't remember the name of. So Activision Blizzard slash King is it? Yeah. Yeah, so King is actually like the majority of the the money maker of that, right? ABK, yeah, right. Because mm. people just spend fuck tons of money on mobile games because yes. microtransactions and the dopamine hit of the smartphone are huge, right? So it's like, oh, I can easily see this making them some money. It's just the shadiest, like most blatant money that like I've. I'm saying this about mobile games and dopamine addiction and microtransactions, and somehow they've added a new angle that makes it like necessarily shadier right <laughs> yeah very much very much yeah it's 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 an odd situation i don't think i've ever i don't think anyone think would have ever seen this yeah oh, the world just gets more fucked doesn't it as uh, as more products uh, get made um yes so that's uh, what a lovely piece of news to finish on for everyone mm. oh um, one thing yeah speaking mm. of but uh, just um out of the state of play you were saying you had gaming weekend plans i'm surprised silent hill short message isn't on there um i didn't it's free to play just on ps5 it is it? free to play yeah I, I don't know if it's just ps5 but it is free to play um it, it it's not a game to play when there are children around oh okay and a lot of my gaming time and again maybe alan wake 2 isn't either and actually the game that i'm going to talk about in a moment isn't really um and i've been finding time to play um outside of just having the kids kind of around in the lounge and stuff um but um it, it ah, there's so many um horror first person experiences um mm stuff like outlast um you know those kinds of things and none of them have ever really grabbed me that long um so you know again what's it called a short message uh, who knows yeah. you know it might be a, 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 a as it's free i would imagine it is a short game as well mm. um and it might lead into whatever they're doing next with with silent hill um i would assume but right. uh yeah nothing really grabbed me from the trailer two hours, two hours. okay so I mean maybe if i've got two hours and kim's not here because she would hate it um right. that's fair yeah 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 so opportunity is very limited on that excuse me i just have to let the cat out of the room um, yeah, no worries but yes opportunity is very limited uh, yeah that makes sense it's just uh i guess there it goes i was thinking of the like PT Kojima mm. short thing, but I, I can see how. I mean, I didn't watch the trailer, and like, I, I, to be honest, like nothing more modern Silent Hilly has ever really grabbed me as much as like, like. I mean, I still think the the misstep of Silent Hill to remaster, getting rid of the fog of war because they didn't understand that their technical limitations gave the entirety of that absolutely there was so much of that atmosphere and it was such a misstep nothing's sort of like gone past that moment of really mm -hmm. and then everyone else confirming yeah it's not as good as like just 
find a rum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um. I mean, again, Konami will Konami. Um, yeah. So we'll just so. see how they how they do, I guess. Uh, with it being sort of a stealth drop, um, and not mm. having seen anything about it, doesn't always bode very well. Like, great, cool, you can go and play this game for free right now, but there's no reviews of it anywhere for you to, you know get any information up front about whether you want to actually spend those two hours with this with this yeah game. i think i mean definitely in our old age and like life etc like the old average adage time is money like mm. that, like the the price of a free game that's that's two hours Absolutely, right like yeah. um and like to a certain extent i i think that's one of the reasons why like the uh, i was Part of that, like, not playing The Witcher 3 was the intimidation of, like, ooh, do I have like, that much time to spend? Mm. Or what if I want to spend that much time? Yeah. <laughs> right? Everyone's telling me it's great. It's like a 40-hour game. I don't have 40 hours. I mean, the dumb part is, if I slowly played that game, it'd be done. It. <laughs> right? That's where the, like, that's a mental misstep. But, like, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, two hours for what I'm assuming is a very... Um, essentially and it might be very good might be very good uh, fun experience but it's essentially an ad to buy the next game right yeah very much very much i would think so um i didn't is, even watch the, shame, the, the minute and a half ad for this game i'm <laughs> not gonna play a two-hour ad for some other game <laughs> yeah yeah um a game i have played mm. and a game i will you know potentially talk about maybe a little bit more next week um, is A Plague Tale Requiem. Um, mm. A Plague Tale Innocence was one of my favourite games a few years ago. Um, it's 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 a lovely, lovely, it's a brutal, but very good experience, very good game. Um, Requiem is, you know, a direct sequel. Um, it plays exactly the same as Innocence did. Um, Amicia, the, the the character that you play, um, is still looking after her brother Hugo, and they embark on a you know big adventure, um, as you kind of did in the in the first game, running away from the um, the plague of rats, essentially mm. that Hugo is tied to. And the story revolves very much around getting Hugo to a place, um, or, or trying to help him essentially to overcome um, sort of the plague that he has, and it. Mm -hmm leans in quite nicely to um the companion kind of mode of games right you and hugo and you control amicia she doesn't have very big attacks uh, everything has to be much more subtle you know you've got a slingshot so you can only attack enemies who haven't got helmets on you get a crossbow a bit later on as well right. which is great um but everything is a bit more stealthy. You've got to plan. You've got to kind of make sure that enemies don't hear you using your sling or notice that enemies have been sort of taken out. You can get overwhelmed very easily. Um, the game, as it progresses through, leans more into Hugo um, understanding and being able to utilize the rats. And mm. that is so incredibly satisfying. Like, you know, commanding or becoming a plague of rats and moving around the environment. Um, trying to take soldiers out of the, the the path of the two of them, so they can kind of progress through the world. Um, mm. It's it's kind of 
maybe not quite so far as heartfelt as the first game. I think, you know, the first game, they're, they're new characters. You don't know the relationship that builds kind of through the game. You can see sort of the love between them, um, how Amisa kind of looks after Hugo and stuff like that. This obviously just picks up from that. And so far, it's the, the story is very, very angry girl is still looking after her brother. Um, right. And sort of the, the, you know, potentially bad and poor decision making that comes with being blinded by this kind of adolescent rage that she has at, the, at both the situation and the people kind of around her and stuff. So I think it works very well. It's written very well. It's just not, in, it's not quite as interesting um, or, you know, as heartfelt, I think, as, as the first game. Um, right. But solid, solid gameplay. Um, as as again as innocence was and i'm really enjoying um moving around the environments and working out how to strategically kind of get through a, a map with 10 enemies on which basically as soon as i ki- if i kill one i'm gonna get fucking swamped so you try and distract you try and take them out silently you you know you do that slightly more stealthy kind of playthrough um and the game actually has an uh, an auto um like an auto upgrade element to it so based upon how you move through and deal with enemies in a level it will automatically Mm. upgrade one of three um paths so there's like an aggression path a stealth path and i think one which is called like an opportunist path um where you you know you use like the natural environment around you to distract guards and and, and that sort of stuff oh, you don't like sell them um, a monorail <laughs> absolutely not um so it, it, it kind just, of just to clarify i'm assuming that means like um you can like it sort of upgrades you based on the style of play you do in that level Yes. So if you want it to be more well-rounded, you 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 don't get a choice. So like in other games, you have like skill points, and then you level up, and you're yep. like, oh, I'm gonna start being stealthy, and then I'm gonna get my combat up, and then by the end of the game, I'm gonna be a bit stealthy combating. In this, <laughs> like you you earn the ability to be better at some part of the skill tree by doing the skill tree before that gets optimized. Yeah, and I, I think it's trying. That's neat. I like that. It, it, it's, it's trying to simplify the idea of kind of the, the progression of a character, right? Rather than giving you those decisions, it's like, you play the game like this. You're now better at doing that. Like, yeah, cool, you, I like Which that. is nice and organic, right? So, like, if I succeed in sneaking around, I have figured out how to sneak around. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Right, and, and sneaking around gets easier. Because, mm. like, I, I, it's like, it's a proxy for I'm now more aware of sound or mm-hmm. how, when people, like, get tripped up or triggered by my something i do that like that sounds really neat and like same thing with like how do you learn how to fight well will you fight right absolutely yeah yeah um rather than the skill tree skill point thing where it's like i spent the first five levels being real sneaky and now i'm just i'm really good at fucking punching someone in the throat (laughs) because i put the point i earned the points by getting through the game well i'm already good but i use them all over here yeah yeah, it's like I know how to sneak. I can do that, thank you. Let me, you know, upgrade my sword a billion times. Now I just yeah. stab everybody with one one stab. Um, yes, absolutely. It, it is very natural and it fits really well with with 
the game um, and the idea that again you're a young girl um, and you are learning kind of as you do these kinds of things you're not an established veteran of war you're not a ninja or, 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 or kind of you know some kind of person who has trained up to be stealthy you are just a kid trying to move through the world so becoming better mm. and obviously much more accelerated in the idea but again the upgrades aren't huge so you know the first upgrade i think on the stealth tree is you move a little bit quicker and slightly quieter so the radius of sound around you shrinks a little bit and you move slightly quicker so you can just get through the areas a little bit swifter without people sort of seeing you as much we can get a little bit closer to people uh, and so maybe you don't have to sweep around the outside of everybody you can kind of zigzag around these sort of enemies that are kind of littering the the, the kind of um the the level so um yeah it, it does work very very well um and that, that uh, as i say builds on the the gameplay and this is so fucking tight um but uh, uh visually audi audially the audio is great. Um, it looks yeah. fantastic. Orally, Orally thank, yes, thank you. Um, yeah. It looks great, and uh, um, I think it's just—it's not let down necessarily by the story. I think that just isn't quite as good as the first game. Let's say so far, so far. I'm mm. about halfway through. Um, one interesting point on this—I know I'm about halfway through because. PlayStation do this thing called cards where when you're playing a game and you press the PS button rather than coming out to the home screen it brings up a set of cards and it does bring up a menu at the bottom as well you can go to the home screen from that but that set of cards um, tells you like the trophies that you've earned so far it might tell you if other people are kind of playing the game but it also brings up individual trophies and might say do you want a walkthrough to understand how this to, to, to get this trophy do you want a walkthrough of this level it tries to give you tips to help you to progress through the game mm. and one of these cards basically says that the, the trophy for completing the game is like the first thing that shows up and it's like you are 50 percent, 55 percent through this trophy and like well so i'm 55 through the game then brilliant so i know exactly how far through the game i am anytime i hit the playstation uh button on the pad which is kind of all right but also mm. it it's it sort of you know you think you're getting somewhere within the story and characters have like big moments and stuff you're like oh i'm only a third of the way through the game okay well there's obviously lots more to come is something going to happen to this character you know this kind of big moment that they've had is that it we kind of will never see them again you know, it's a bit of a, uh, um, it's just a bit too much information um, mm. to sort of, it doesn't stymie my enjoyment of it. But every time I see it, I'm just sort of like, okay, fine. I know that I've got about another four hours with this game or something like that. Right. So it sort of, it does pull you out of the experience um, a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I can turn that off. Potentially I can. I don't know whether cards mm. are just a, a permanent kind of on thing. But yeah, I just thought it was an interesting point that the, the PlayStation kind of just foists upon you, almost. Um, so yeah, um, I'll probably talk about A Plague Tale Requiem a little more next week, if I've if I finished it. If I haven't, I won't, but, um, but yes. 
that is pretty much everything I've you know the only thing I've actually got some time to um, to play this week and that was only because um, Kim was busy with her mum one evening and I managed mm. to sit in front of the PlayStation for like three hours and just bash out a big big chunk of it um, so yeah yeah um, I would imagine you've been a very very busy boy so I imagine you haven't um, got around to, to yeah there's a game I, on my radar I'm hoping to you to play in my like breaks between marking mm. um, tomorrow Ooh. weekend okay um but this is how bad my week's going i've just assumed it's friday even (laughs) though we always record on thursday (laughs) to be fair Um, i thought it was friday earlier as well um i almost wrote in an email have a good weekend even though i'm seeing them tomorrow yeah yeah um yeah i mean it's so why i say that is because um one like i have to i have to actually we got a coat. We have to do the thing. That's, that's the, the mild contract we have. Um, but two, like, I need breaks, and that's, like, playing a game for half an hour is a really good... Like, it's a lot easier to know to, to like, force yourself to do a break, mm-hmm. but not have... Not, like, get super otherwise distracted, right? That's a lot easier for me, at least. I can, like, set a timer and play a game for half an hour and then feel like I had a break, and it's totally different from what I normally do versus, like, reading a book or going mm-hmm. on the socials and... So yeah, my plan is to like decompress my my brain with a puzzle game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it seems perfect. Um, yeah. Should we finish out on yeah. the beers then this week? Um, mm. How was the day? It, unsurprisingly, it's great. Um, there might be salt in this in the sense of like the aftertaste having Ooh. finished and let it linger for a little bit longer mm-hmm. i do have a bit of that um that salty like a little light slight aftertaste i mean it's just good i mean i i started nursing it so actually the like i'm going to revisit really quickly luckily when my palate got a little more um saturated by it the finish sort of felt thicker and fuller so like it was still getting i still like probably five minutes since my last sip because i'm out right the last sip mm-hmm. i'm still getting a bit of those mango notes which it didn't feel like i was getting at the top of the episode so this is going to stick with me for a bit more it's just it's got lovely legs it's it's just a really good beer um and even though it's eight percent didn't taste like eight percent uh i would immediately buy another right nice like, yeah 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 it's a it, this is like your very textbook sessionable eight <laughs> percent um uh, interestingly i feel exactly the same about this this verdant and overtone i would i would instantly have well I, i'd buy another one but i'd have another one now it's yeah. it's not that heavy of a beer whilst it is slightly more full-bodied um mm. it, it's not too sort of cloying it's not too chewy it's not too big or too much of an alcoholic hit to kind of say you should only be, you know, you should be sharing this beer. You should only really have one and then move on to something kind of, you know, different. Um, uh, it, the the flavors work really well. I think the flow started as most beers do. The flow did start to get lost a little bit as the flavors kind of amalgamated slightly, but even then, it, it works very very nicely as an overall sort of set of of kind of flavors. Those those tropical stone fruits, the sweetness, and that little kind of vinous quality to it leading into that bitterness it, it, it's a mm. lovely beer um and i think um it, it you know it's verdant it's overtone um we always have good beers from them especially double ipas 
so you can kind of expect that quality with something like this and i think this is a very good showcase you know again because it's not too big because it's not too much of a uh, a juice bomb because it's not too much of that newer or i say newer it's been around for a couple of years but that style of double ipa which leans more into the earthy kind of notes um mm-hmm. it, it's neither of those it sits somewhere kind of in the middle um i think this is a very good double ipa if, if someone's like i like ipas but i've always wanted to try a double ipa this would be perfect this this would be like top quality but you'd have to caveat it saying this is a very good very uh um easy double ipa to kind of you know get you started on that journey but don't expect this level of quality with every double ipa that you have um so yeah this is a this is just a really good beer great yeah um so friends if you've drank any really good double ipas lately you can let us know at tanked up cast on the socials i'm at nova underscore 47 and adel is at the Omnir. And you can see the beers that we have drank on our Out of Lives YouTube page or over at outoflives.net as well. Um, if you're listening to us on your podcast service of choice, rate and review us because it's very, very helpful. Otherwise, hit one of us up, go to the links on um, outoflives.net and come and join us in the Discord to talk to us about the beers that you're drinking and the games that you are playing. Um, and from us this week, they are the beers that we have drank and the games that we you know are looking forward to playing coming up yeah. very specifically on only one console potentially um which only one of us have which you, <laughs> you can come round and we can have a go whenever we ever have the opportunity to see each other in person ever again um well so once this marking thing comes off i mm. have more flexibility in the term i'm hoping to come to bristol uh at least once this term i'm trying to i'm trying to so with the stability right of the permanent job one it's also a paycheck now yeah um but um comes the ability to plan around these things so, like i know i'm gonna be this distance from bristol mm. i also know that i don't have to break myself or save in case i don't have a job in september so i can budget like i've got a lot of people in bristol right like I can budget coming and visiting, yeah, once every couple of months or once every four months or like like you know a couple couple of few times a year. I can do that now. This is nice, one of the things nice. that like taking a bit of time to figure out post permanent job. Like ah right, this is great. So yeah, like why don't I just do that? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was um I was talking to Kim uh, the other day and saying I need to go to Birmingham. Uh, and just basically being like, when can I just go to Birmingham? Trying to find out, yeah. so then let you know, and then me and you just we appear on Lucy's doorstep, yeah. like, right. hello, we're here to see you for a weekend. Um, yeah. But yes, um, we shall talk about that at some time. But thank you, everyone, this evening for joining us. Um, we'll see you soon. We've been tagged up. Goodbye. Yeah. www.outoflives.net